Welcome back to your Daily Dose. It's me, Nick. Like most of us, Tees Mellon wears quite a few hats. One thing they excel at is teaching. That's why I'm excited about what I'll find in their new program, which they describe on this episode. In fact, the day this episode drops is my first day in class, and I'm excited to speak with you and Bob about how it goes. Enjoy. The How of Happy. Can we talk about this? Yes. Because one, <laughs> I love the title. I know this is this is a service and a program that that you provide, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like it's the perfect. You're the perfect person to provide the service. So tell us first. Tell us what it is, and then tell us kind of how you got to creating this. Mm, thanks, Bob. Yeah, the How of Happy. Um, basically, we provide a program, an educational program for people to learn about themselves about communication, about life. And there's what I consider a gap in our educational system in terms of how our brains work, how feelings work, how the body is really an expression of our mindset and how we perceive the world, how we perceive ourselves. And so what we do is we have these classes that we give and it's an hour and a half each week and people are learning these bits and pieces, filling in these gaps that we never learned about what it means fundamentally to be human. Like as humans, we have needs and these needs, like our brain knows what these needs are. And I'm not talking about needs for food, air, shelter, water. I'm talking about the needs for compassion, needs for connection, needs for predictability or for change. Um, And so all of these are actual needs that human beings have and they are expressed in the body through feelings. When a need is met, we have a pleasant feeling when a need is unmet. We have an unpleasant feeling. And I, that's the basis of the program. And we do a lot of work around uh, being able to distinguish the difference between what happened and then what is my perception of what happened. Because usually what we experience in life is not what happens to us. We experience the meaning that we made around how we perceived what, uh, what happened. So... When we start breaking that down, we get a whole new perspective of ourselves, of life, of our relationships. And I believe it makes it a lot more satisfying and fulfilling. And not to mention, it puts us back in the power seat of, of our lives. So, Which we should be in all the time, and yet we don't, right? We're not, we, we, we move ourselves into the passenger seat of our own lives sometimes. Yeah, well, the thing is that one of the main, main aspects of our work is we we do a lot of work around pulling morality out of things. So you said should, uh, and ooh. and right away, like my ear is like so attuned to hearing people's shoulds and have tos and, and sense of obligation yeah. because there is none. We bring that to life. So it's not that you should be in the power seat of your own life, right? You, you shouldn't be empowered. It's that you could, yeah. and there's there's like an opportunity there. And and notice I said opportunity and not choice. Mm -hmm. Because while we like to think that we have free will and we're at choice, we don't have that truly until we have consciousness around it. Until we know that there's like this pre-programmed brain in our head and that when we can shine a spotlight on it, we get choice. Mm -hmm. We're just kind of like following along in that path that that just got formed automatically. It's just an automatic response there. I, I like the idea of, you know, looking at that word of should, right? Because thinking about continuing education, which is something you offer, is is basically, you know, you are 
if you don't feel like you're at the end of your education journey, you should continue taking classes and whatever. But, you know, we think about it like the high school diploma should give us everything we need to function. A college diploma, whether at the lower or higher levels, should give us an opportunity to get a job and be uh, good members of society and be able to interact with people. And it's like, that's not what their purpose is. So you got to take the, that should out of that as well and look for other opportunities to better, better yourself, maybe too strong of a word, but, you know, the idea of uh, experiencing something that helps you experience things differently. Absolutely. And I really appreciate that you questioned the word better, better yourself. Yeah. Because I, I tell people constantly, you're not coming here to become a better version of yourself. You've lived in a certain way. And now with some curiosity, you can discover other ways of experiencing life. So it's not about improving or becoming better because who you are is perfect and whole and complete just the way you are. And as cheesy as that sounds, like I wholeheartedly believe that for each and every individual. And so now it's like, if you're happy with your experience of life, awesome. Keep doing you, like you don't need me. But if you're like a little bit curious, or a little bit wanting to explore something else, or could life be a different way? Come and play, because the how of happy is about, well, how do you define happiness? Like asking yourself those questions, and then how do you go about building that for you? Because it's an individual thing. It's not, there's no one standard of happiness. It's not a one size fits all. And happiness isn't always like, yay, like I'm thrilled. It's about a certain sense of satisfaction mm -hmm. and fulfillment. And that can look like a yay, or it could look like just calm and peace and openness. It's amazing to me the concept of creating a framework that allows such extreme individualism within it. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Because that's a, that's a special construct. And I say that because I, I'm playing in the social arts all the time. And to be able to create something where someone can see themselves and uh, explore themselves without feeling like they have to compare themselves to other people. That's a, that's a something. You reminded me just now of uh, something that my friend David Rizowski taught me. He's an improv guru from Chicago, and uh, he would never let me say the words, um, I have to. Mm he -hmm. stopped me and he'd say, no, no, you get to. And it's like, what a lovely little twist that is. And I love that you remove the values from it because I, I feel like, we forget that we look through our screens of values at everything, you know, and it, once we remove those, I think there's a certain sense of clarity, but that's tough because it's pretty ingrained, right? Do you find some people uh, find it more difficult to get beyond that value screen? Well, morality is everywhere, yeah. everywhere in our lives. And we, we also do it to our kids. Like it's one of the first things that we learn is whether we're a good kid or a bad kid. But if you take a look at what that is, is basically, are you making, are you meeting the needs of your caretakers? Mm. If as a child, you're meeting the needs of your caretakers, then you're considered good. You get a little yeah. check mark, a little star. <laughs> you're being so good and quiet and obedient. Oh, that you're makes so me good. Hate them. <laughs> oh. But you're, you're bad when now you're testing my patience. It's inconveniencing me. You're not letting me pay attention to what I want to pay attention to. You're asking too much of me. So now you're bad. Go to your room. You're bad. And so I think it's ingrained on, in oh, us from it's childhood. It's an abuse of power. But, then, but they don't, we don't even know that we're doing it sometimes. No, because it's, it's now this, you know, generational thing, ingrained. cultural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we do a lot of work to pull that out. There's no such thing as a bad human being, but also there's no such thing as a good human being. 
And what we're teaching people is to connect with their own sense of evaluation because evaluation still exists. I can evaluate, like, how do I feel about that? Does that satisfy my needs, the way I behaved today towards others? Hmm. And then that's where you get to the truth, because now it's not about whether I snapped at Nick and how he feels about it. It's about how do I feel about having treated my dear friend that way. Boom. Tease drops the mic. Hey friends, it's Bob. I love this conversation so much. Every time I'm with Tease Mallon, I learn something useful and valuable to my life. I kept getting the urge to say preach as they reminded us that people are neither good nor bad. We need to remind ourselves of that when we look at ourselves too. How we view and treat others starts with how we view and treat ourselves. So maybe let's start with acceptance and kindness toward ourselves and follow where that leads. I bet it leads someplace good. That's it for this episode of The Dose. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for more of our conversations with the wise and wonderful T. Smallin. We'll catch you next time.